Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Did you really think that after absolutely blowing your butt out in game one? Did they blow their butt out? Yes, they blew their collective butts out to try to get that win. Oh, their weekly mission to provide hot takes, medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the nose (laughs) test didn't? The Sinner and the St. Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map. Just turning into gigantic Mexican. And 1080TheFan.com. Hour two. Mistaking of hour one. Shame on you. You really missed some quality entertainment. But I had a good time. Oh, man, you had a great time. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I'll tell you what. Uh, if you want to listen to that fun, the Center and St. Podcast, available at 1080thefan.com, mm-hmm. available at odyssey.com, on the Odyssey app, also at any of the brick-and-mortar Odyssey locations, of course, in yeah. Beaverton, Malala, or for you Southwest Washington listeners, up in Amboy. Yeah, I would try also, to stay away from the one in Malala, though. What do you mean? Yeah, it's a little sketchy. I don't know about that. I mean, the nice thing about the one in Malala is it is not just uh, the the Odyssey shop; it is also connected to a chainsaw store. Yeah, and see, I think that's kind of what what mm, steers Listen, me. The away strip from, mall, the strip yeah. mall has Odyssey, mm-hmm. chainsaw, yeah. liquor store. Mm. It's a perfect combination. You get everything you need for the rest of your Saturday. Yeah. You're gonna get a get. A, you know, it's not just chainsaws. You can also get the hedge trimmer, get everything done. You're working in the yard. You get the podcast. You put that on. Yeah, yeah. You get the hedge trimmer. Uh, and then you get a bottle of uh, Jim Beam. Can I get a replacement for my uh, Edger, like a, a rope replacement? Yeah, you know what? I'm not affiliated with that shop, okay. but yeah. I've been in there enough times to tell you absolutely they have everything that you need. Okay, because I thought it was weird. They don't have a website. Yep. No. Why would they? <laughs> Come on. That's strange. But Come on. I'm... Also, brand new pop-up shop, Odyssey pop-up shop yeah. at uh, Broadway and Cooch. Yeah. Yep. So check that out. All right, uh, hour two. We are in hour two. This is hour two of the program. Confirmed. Uh, I would like to start off by looking around the rest of college football. You down? You down for that? Yeah, bae. Well, let's, let's start it. with uh, let's start with your team. Uh, we've mentioned it multiple times because we do have a fun stretch for the Oregon Ducks coming up, where it is uh, today Washington, next week hosting Utah, then at. 
uh, Oregon State uh, mm-hmm. in Corvallis for the rivalry game that has no name. And that should be a fun one, but we've mentioned that the possibility of playing a uh, a eight-win Beavers team yeah. is a real possibility. Uh, it's more than a real possibility. You're about to play two teams here, uh, the Oregon State Beavers, that uh, have, quite honestly, nothing to play for. Uh, Cal, okay. I suppose, has... Something in theory to play for, though. Job. It seems is yeah, right. <laughs> Justin Wilcox's job. But you know something: when a coach is having something to play for, it's a lot different than players. Because if a coach is failing, the players see that and can feel that. And for the most part, this is not like uh, pro football, where as a uh, player, unless you're not scholarship, you're going to lose your job. It really yeah. doesn't matter what coach is in there. Like you're going to be around there for four or five years. So well, how often do we whatever. see it where there's like a mid-season firing, and the next week they come out and play inspired football? And you're like, sure, that's not a good yeah. sign. Yeah. So I mean, for the most part, the players on Cal really aren't playing for too much. Arizona State is similar uh, in that uh, that thing's getting blown up, and will take probably five more years to build up to respectability. I. To me, they uh, even though the record doesn't reflect it uh, so much right now, uh, three and six, which I assure you, Oregon State was worse at their worst. <laughs> yes, they were. Um, you know they are headed towards Armageddon, where they're going to have to build that program from the ground up. So, yeah, it's a very real possibility that you could win eight games. And let me just state again how awesome the trajectory of Jonathan Smith as a Please coach do. has been. Please do, yeah, yeah, because he took over a team that had one win. And has steadily built it up to a bull berth last season. And now on the cusp of winning eight games, which I would remind everybody who's a college football fan, eight games is kind of the marker of a good team. If you've won eight games in a season, you're good. Seven games, you're all right. Six, you got to a bowl, whatever. If you miss a bowl game, you're irrelevant. You and your brother both played for uh, Oregon State. And have kept a close eye on the program, I'm sure, over the years. Yeah. But uh, the one thing that I've noticed this year is there seems to be a lot more times where you come in, I was talking to my brother about the game, and... Yeah. What's the like? just the feel of where Oregon State is now, and what's the... What's like the final expectation for Jonathan? Smith? What's what's the height that he can reach in your your opinion? In Corvallis, yeah, or career wise? No, well, in Corvallis. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's there a, is whole, a height. There is a real no, uh, another real conversation. Yeah. Is 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 does he stay? Is he a Corvallis lifer? Is that a possibility? Yeah. But but no. Oh. But like right now, like what's what's the trajectory? Because you expect he would have job offers. It probably already has have a, had job offers for other Power 5 jobs. Yeah, but you know something? I, I think for Jonathan Smith, um, you know, one, I don't think he's in a good spot right now to accept another job offer because the job offers you would get, you probably don't want. Sure. You don't want the Auburn job. You can tell me as much money as it is. Dude, not that much money is worth <laughs> ruining your life. Sure. Because quite honestly... Everybody that has gone through there has taken a massive step down from after getting fired. Yeah. Like, that's not to say that when you get fired, uh, duh, you take a step down. But a lot of people will kind of make lateral moves that make sense. Then they get themselves back in it. Steve Sarkeesian's a really good example of that. Lane Kiffin's a great example of that. If you get fired from Auburn, it's kind of like, all right, hunker down. You just got a lot of money, but no one respects you anymore. <laughs> so you don't really want the Auburn job, and I don't think they'd offer him anyway. The Nebraska yeah. job is another one where it's like, yeah, I get the whole transfer here, but you don't want to go into that because that's like a recruiting desert now. Yeah. They can't pull kids out of Texas like they used to before 2000. The talent inside of the state 
is not good. And you're competing against other Big Ten teams that are working off of more than just past glory. Because that's all that's left of Nebraska. It's just past glory. Remember how great we were in the 90s? No, I'm 18 years old. I don't remember the 90s. So for Oregon State and his height there, I think it's Chris Peterson. That's the height you can get if you're Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, is you could be the best version of Chris Peterson when he was at Boise State. Because if you don't think that we're going to go to the Mountain West, or at least there is a 70% chance we go to the Mountain West, you should prepare yourself. Because it's that reality, or we go to the Big 12 once this whole thing blows up. But I think that his height of it is that he becomes a very, very good coach in a market no one knows or cares too much about. So Okay, so let's... I just want to make sure that I understand this correctly. Chris Peterson at Boise State... Mm -hmm. Had a chance to play in New Year's Six games every three or four years, right? When the when the right uh, aligned... he did in some. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh. No, that's 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 he he played in New Year's Six games. Yes, but it yeah. wasn't. It was, it's not every year, but it's yeah. like once the the right formula goes. So if he ends up staying long term over the years, you can expect like every three or four years, this team is going to have the right combination of talent and schedule and all of the things that line up where they're really going to have a crack at it, whether they're in the Big Twelve or the Mountain West. And with an expanded college football playoff, I mean, depending on how much he loves the environment, they're obviously coming back to his alma mater to coach. Mm-hmm. It gives you the at least indication that he does. That's a pretty good gig for long term. And you just wonder what the competitive nature is and going, hey, do I need to get something bigger, better, and play for a national championship? Because... I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty good path to be on. Well, and if you think that he isn't feeling the pressure of the new NIL environment, um, you're sadly mistaken. I think everybody I, is. Yeah, everybody is. But, I mean, I think that uh, Oregon State is in a very unique uh, position in that the school just down south from them uh, is uh, a very, uh, how should I say it, very uh, well-positioned in the NIL yes, environment. And so you are directly competing with them. Now, my brother uh, talked with somebody who is inside of the program, who shall remain nameless, who said that... You left your brother nameless. You didn't even name him. Well... It's a double layer of security. Thank you. This is, look... Top secret stuff you're set, about it to is, say. It, it is encoded here. Perfect. Okay? Okay. I'm the insider. Whoa. Okay, say your words. <laughs> He talked with somebody inside of the program who has said that is a major thing for Coach Smith right now is the NIL stuff. But it, is weighing, I- it is weighing on him in terms of how to attract talent. And I think that Smith already is not a great recruiter. He is a creative recruiter. He recognizes yeah. talent and knows how to use it and knows how to implement it. Now, we do have that, uh, that four-star quarterback coming from California, which was a great get. Yeah. But on the whole... Smith is not a natural recruiter. So now he's having to compete with the idea that he understands his limitations in that department, but also that Oregon State doesn't have enough money to compete with these schools. And so, you know, I think that's probably when you start kind of feeling like, boy, I don't really want to do this anymore. I I don't love recruiting. I I love the kids. I love the players. I love all that stuff. But I hate having to go trying to impress an 18-year-old and handing them a check. Yeah, That's why Sprague has talked about this, and I, it sounds reasonable to me. Is I would say his next jump would be the pros. Interesting. That he would want to be an offensive coordinator. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Because he is a great offensive mind. I sure. will say that. Sure. All right. All right. And he well, runs a pro offense. 
Well, they are they're they're uh, two games uh, before they take on the the Oregon Ducks uh, for what could be. Uh, an all-time, all-time win if they both go uh, uh, two for two yeah, in the dude. next couple of games. I mean, could you or two, two and zero oh in the next couple yeah. of games? But if you have mm-hmm. a one-loss Oregon against an eight-win Oregon State team matching up in a game that matters so much to Oregon, oh yeah, that would be, train will be off the rails. Because I would imagine if Oregon can win these next two games, they're they're in the college football playoff. I, I don't, I don't if see they, the next four games. Yeah. Well, no, I mean the next two. I think if Oregon can Ooh. win the next two games, I don't see TCU lasting for long. Oh, I 100% agree yeah. with that. And I, I mean, think that if they win these next two games, I think there's a strong possibility that they get bumped up. Yeah. Because they're going to play Utah, yep. who's ranked, who will remain ranked, I assume, after this week. Yep. Um, so, and, you know, they're, they're playing Washington now, which technically is a ranked team. I think they're 24. They're 25. Or 25. Okay. Yep. So you're still, you're playing a, you're, two weeks in a row, you will most likely play a ranked opponent. I would imagine TCU might stumble. I don't know. But I think it's going to be very hard for the committee not to look at them heading into a rivalry week and think, let's put them up there and see what happens. All right. Well, we got early uh, early season excitement for the Blazers taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, this is probably the most excited I've been for a November oh my. NBA game. I want to just get your thoughts on it because uh, Luca looks fat. What? <laughs> oh. Looks dangerous, oh, uh, but the 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 way the Blazers are winning is the thing that's got me most intrigued about this team. So we'll discuss that briefly next. You're listening to the Sin of the Saint on 1080. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of car. They are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (laughs) 
The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Blazers on the road again, this time in Dallas, taking on uh, the Mighty Mavericks. And Luka Doncic, who, uh, at least at last check, was leading the league in scoring. He's good. Man. He's very, very good at basketball. There have been some clips on Twitter where I've just been like, hey. Oh, you haven't actually watched him play a full game yet? No, I haven't really dived into the NBA season. I mean, I've watched Blazer games, obviously, but I haven't dived into the NBA season yet. For sure, yeah. Uh, I think after Christmas is usually when well, I start watching other games. I watch Blazer games, but then, like, other games, I, I wait. Yeah, uh, so that that's exactly kind of how I've been, too. Yeah. So it, it's pretty much the same thing. But, yeah, you see Luka clips, and you just kind of go, oh. Because he's still, like, what, 19 years old? been in the league five years he's been playing since he was 19 no i'm just kidding oh, okay. <laughs> like, then you went to check well, I, I, I was kind of like guys i want to be confident there. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go 24 i'm gonna 24 i mean that's my guess yeah, that's probably a good one yeah uh but the guy has been uh just getting better every year which is he has been playing since he was 14 in professional leagues in europe so 23 by the way 23 Close. oh jeez there yeah. you go uh, but yeah he's just been absolutely ridiculous but the interesting thing to me is Dude, this Blazers team, I know that you know. you had no faith coming out of the preseason that they could do anything, but the way that they're winning basketball games, because New Orleans was on a little bit of a heater coming in, uh, yeah. or I guess I should say Portland going into New Orleans, yeah. take them on the other night, you're playing without Dame, without Nurk, and just watching the way that they are able to attack from different angles. And who's made a clutch shot so far this year? I'm trying to think back to, to the games that I've watched. Jeremy Grant has made multiple clutch shots. Anthony Simons has made clutch shot again and again. Uh, Josh Hart has made clutch shots down the stretch. You've seen Justice Winslow on the line for clutch free throws. I don't know that I've seen Dame make a clutch shot at the end, but I've seen him make some great passes. The way Nurk has made uh, big shots at the end of games. This has been just a ton of fun to watch. And I almost think it benefits them to have Dame miss games early uh, because watching the way this team gels has been a blast. Yeah, you know, look, I am willing to say that right now I am partially wrong about this team. Sure. I am partially wrong about it. Um, I think I'm still waiting. Well, I think you have to. I don't uh, yes, and that. I think I'm trying to be very cautious about this because, again, there's still a lot of things about this team that scream to me like, eh, this just doesn't seem like it's sustainable. Okay. It doesn't. Scream a lot me. of the games they've won have been at the last second. Uh, it's a bit... I don't want to say it's a bit too early for that, but like if you're doing that constantly, like winning by two, winning by three, winning yeah. on the last shot of the game, do that... And we're not even 20 games into the season. Again, that's not a bad thing. It's yeah. just kind of like, well, you're kind of eking these out. And you look good. You look high energy. The defense looks slightly improved. Damian Lillard looks like he's pretty much back to full form, though. Yeah, he's now half, yeah. Yeah, right. Now he's kind of taking these rests and everything, which I'm glad they're doing. I'm glad they're sitting him out for certain games to kind of manage this uh, calf injury. Yeah. because Those can linger. Those can linger, and again, you know, not even twenty games into the season yet. So let's just, you know, let, you know, let, let him rest. Let's see what happens. But, you know, I, I think the positive thing about this to take away is that this team is fun. Yes, it they is. are so yeah. much fun to watch, and you can tell 
that they're having fun. I think one of the things that bothered me the most about the end of that uh, blazer cycle, the whole... The whole toxic environment. Well, uh, <laughs> it was the cycle of... Um, Terry What's Stoss. his face? No, he went Neil to the Clippers. Uh, Covington. Oh, yeah, yeah, CJ. Yeah. Larry Nerd. Nance. Yeah, like... Well, and just that whole group of that, you yeah. know, uh, them all together is CJ Covington, uh, Nurk Dame, yep. like that whole kind of crew of starting lineup was, it wasn't so much the toxic environment on court, though you are correct, like behind the scenes, there was some pretty terrible things going on. But that was front office stuff, so yeah. It was well, a- yeah, on the court, though, you just, they gave up, and they looked lifeless. Yeah. And it made sense for Damian Lillard because uh, from what we know now, you know, he's playing hurt. Yeah. So that makes sense. But the other players look like they just gave up. These dudes look scrappy, man. Well, they dude, look like, like they're having fun. Like after these wins, they're just like getting together in these huge groups around the media, just like throwing up signs and just being jazzed. Like I love it. Here's here's the counter to your your worry about the close games, though. First of all, they've played 12 games. Seven of those have been on the road. They're 6-1 and one on the road, so that is something. They've played without Damian Lillard, but they've also had other injuries. Like right now, they have five guys on their injury report. Shaden Sharp uh, with his finger. Justice Winslow is day-to-day. Keon Johnson is out. Yusuf Nurkic is day-to-day. Jeremy Grant is day-to-day. So those are three starters in there and two uh, primary role players uh, listed on their injury report right now. So they're playing a little bit chipped up, so we haven't seen them at full health. And look how young they are. That's true. I mean, you have all of this youth, and Anthony Simons has been awesome so far. Jeremy yeah. Grant is not very old. You have uh, Shaden Sharp, who is 19 years old. And you have these guys who are going to get better. So it's not like everybody's playing at full capacity from a health standpoint, at from an experience standpoint, from a cohesion standpoint, because they haven't played together that long. So I don't know, man. I look at it where I go, all right, you haven't, you've spent less time away from your building than you have at home. You spent more time chipped up than you have healthy, and you're winning close games. Because what's the difference between a good team and a bad team in the NBA? I mean, you say two you, players. Well, but it's also winning those close games. I mean, yeah. you know, how many games in every NBA season are decided by you know less than five points? And if you lose twenty games by less than five or you win 20 games by less than five, that's a huge swing. Yeah. But you can go back and look at teams where you're like, ah, man, they're on the cusp. They keep losing close games once they figure out how to win at the end. Because the, the NBA is that way. Who was it the other day that was just uh, super dismissed? Uh, Jamal Murray. He's in the, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, you guys were down 24. It's like, dude, the, the, game, the final score is the one that matters. Yeah. Like, nobody cares what the the – what the score is in the second quarter, you can be down by a hundred mm-hmm. if 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 you can come back from that deficit. That makes it a great win. But all the time in the NBA, we see it where it's like the first three quarters don't really matter that much. Yeah, it's it's what you do at the end. And so to to be able to finish games where Dame is driving and dishing, yeah, how yeah, many times Josh Hart, yeah. How many times have you seen that in his career? Not much. And you're seeing it multiple. I've seen it multiple times. Josh Hart, he's done it. Uh, set up Grant. Yeah. He's set up Ant. He's like it's. Yeah, yeah. And not just in the the final play of the game, but in the final minutes of the game when you trust your teammates and, like you said, having fun. Yeah. Watch out. Man. Well, and two, you know, I, I think that I, I am still not convinced that Chauncey Billups is actually a good coach yet. Um, not convinced he's a bad coach either, though. Yes, exactly. 
Uh, and that is mostly based off of just his experience because, quite honestly, I toss out last season. Dude, but, I don't even think that was really a year of coaching. This is a legit but what year you of can, coaching. What you can say, though, yeah. is that, that you you may have an advantage there, too, because how often does an NBA coach, the most easily fired coach, I mean, look at Steve Nash, what, what do you make it, a season and uh, uh, 10 games, not even? Yeah. Um, the most easy well, he had a whole coach season behind him, but I well, know but, what you mean. Yeah. Well, no, but, that, but this is my point: is how often do you get a redshirt year as a NBA head coach? Because that's essentially what Chauncey Billups. Got. Yeah, sometimes you do. Well, I mean, but that well, obviously Chauncey yeah. just got one. Where yeah. it was, I mean, your GM got fired. Well, and through. I think that might speak a little bit against your point too, because of the fact that his the GM got fired who. Quite honestly, Chauncey Billups doesn't get that job without Neil O'Shea. Neil O'Shea. I think that's fair. Oh, no, that's 100% fair. I think Neil O'Shea personally picked him and said, I want this guy. There are plenty of other choices. I do not disagree, but but, but here's your timeline is Neil O'Shea handpicks Chauncey Billups, uh, defends him terribly in the press conferences when he gets Uh. hired. Uh, but But so then Neil gets fired. Dame gets benched for the rest of the year. They trade CJ. Ant gets benched for the rest of the year. Nurt yeah. gets benched for the rest of the year. I mean, you were playing with spare parts and all of the things that are around it. There was, I don't think there was anybody really paying attention to see if he was a good coach or not. And so he got to make a bunch of mistakes and do yeah. all that and, and try different things and figure out how to motivate these players. And it f- feels to me like anytime there is a team having fun, there's a coach that can relate to players. And where we're going next with our conversation is going to be to Seattle. And Pete Carroll is a guy that makes sure everybody's having yeah. fun up there. And I'm not, I'm well, not saying I, Chauncey Billups yeah. will be that, but guys, well, that's what I was trying coaches. to get to at that point. Was that uh, again? I can't judge if he's a good coach yet. I, yeah. I can't, but I can say a hundred percent. I think you can attribute the team culture so far yeah. somewhat. To Chauncey Billups. Yeah. Obviously a healthy dame who feels incredible, but at the same time, Chauncey Billups is letting these dudes be dudes. Yeah. And I think in a certain effect, Terry Stotts let dudes be dudes, but he didn't stoke the fire too much. He just said, Give me the give me the whiteboard. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some stuff here and you guys go out and play basketball and it's fun. we'll stay on the other side. Chauncey Billups is getting into it. All right. Well, we've got that game, uh the Blazers at Mavericks tonight. Tomorrow, bright and early we have a nfl game from munich germany seahawks buccaneers we'll talk about that next but first this sports center update i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. All right, everyone, if you are not excited about our terrible German accent, you're not going to like this segment very much. Oh, Hans, I cannot wait for the NFL. Oh, I'm very excited for this game because you know what might happen to me. What's that? I might get to touch Tom Brady. Oh, his chance to find. Uh, Seahawks, Buccaneers playing from Munich, Germany, bright and early tomorrow morning. Will, you've got a child at home and a yard that needs maintenance. You're an early riser now, aren't you? Aren't you already waking up for 6.30 Hell yes. activities, right? Are you going to watch this football game bright and early? No, of course not. What? No. Wait, you don't wake up early on the weekend? Uh, no, I do, but I'm, just, I'm not going to watch this football game. I I don't see a point in watching this football game. I, now, look, the Seattle Seahawks, though, they are playing above their weight this season. I will give them that credit. Okay. Uh, there's nothing interesting about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anymore. Okay. Dude, did you see that Thursday night game? The Thursday night beca- between the Panthers and Falcons? No, I did not watch that game. Yeah, no, no, now no. that makes sense. That division is absolutely pointless, well, and it is so okay. horribly... It is so horribly going against what I love about the NFL, which is you should let the division winner get into the playoffs. I like that system. Yeah. But it's so terrible when the whole division is so bad because then it goes against it. It's like, don't let them in. They're going to screw this up. No, but the thing is, the reason they get in in football is because of the unbalanced schedules you play. That's right. You play six of your games against that that division, so it, it does seem fair. But did you... Watch the end of last week's Buccaneers Rams game. Uh, no, I didn't. It is Tom Brady who had thrown the ball 52 times, I believe, uh, in the game, and he was on pace to have his first ever 50 attempt game without a touchdown. So uh, on that backdrop, they get shut down on the goal line. Rams get the ball back, and uh, they just have to try to bleed out the clock, which, of course, they cannot do. And then Tom Brady gets it with, I don't know, 38 seconds left or whatever it is, and promptly goes down and scores, and they win 16-13 to and beat the Rams to keep their season and that division race very interesting. So you've got a Tom Brady last-second touchdown pass to his rookie tight end uh, who – the broadcasters couldn't help but call Mini Gronk because that's the only thing that they can do. Yeah. AKA, I didn't do my research. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's perfectly, perfectly. Yeah, that, that is them saying, I did not read up on this player. Who's this guy? He kind of looks like Rob Gronkowski. Let's just go with it. Yeah. He's, well, he's definitely white and he's playing yeah. tight end. So let's. Uh, it's pretty large. Yeah. There's nothing about his personality that would indicate he's Rob Gronkowski, but let's just call him that. But the one thing that Tom Brady still has is if you give him the ball at the end of the game, he's going to go down there and he's going to give his team a chance to win, which is what he was able to do last week. And you kind of made my point that makes this interesting is at four and five, the Buccaneers are very much alive in that division race. And if you get Tom Brady into the playoffs, so you take Tom Brady at the end of the football season and you put him in an opportunity to win a game for his team... It's, it's going to be interesting. The Seahawks, yes, playing above their weight a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think what they're starting to do is get into a spot where it seems sustainable. You're now nine weeks into the season, and Geno Smith is continuing to play at the same level that he has for the entire year, which is being very efficient and being very accurate. He gets the ball out quickly to his playmakers and lets them go out and do it, but he's still leading the league in completion percentage, and he's been really fun to watch. What's changed with the Seahawks from the beginning of the season is in the first four weeks, 
They were one of the worst defenses in football. Yeah. The last five weeks, they are among the best defenses in football. And that defense looks awesome. The linebackers, the pass rush, and that secondary has come together where you actually look at it and you go, all right, this is a team that can compete in the playoffs. So for me, if I get a 630 window where I get to watch two teams, one is captained by a pissed-off Tom Brady, and the other one is my team that was underestimated, and a team that, if you are not a Seahawks fan and you haven't been watching all year, is, I think, as interesting a storyline. I mean, you talk about a comeback player of the year in Geno Smith. I think that's a foregone conclusion at this point that he'll win that. You have a comeback player of the year? Comeback player of the year. Yeah, why not? You don't have to come back from an injury to come back as a, as a starter. The guy didn't really? start for four years. Yeah. So is comeback player of the year just then most improved? Yeah, I think there's an element of that. Maybe it's most improved, whatever it is. But I think, I mean... Yeah, because I, I always interpreted comeback player of the year as, like, either injury or, like, you got... You went to prison? No, like, oh. maybe maybe Baker Mayfield would be a good example. Like, if somehow Baker Mayfield was playing really well in Carolina, like, I would consider him a comeback player. Because it's so, like, he kind of got dumped, and he sucked, and yeah. then he's Th- This is Geno better. Smith. Is Geno no, Smith like, he didn't get done. I mean, he's just been a backup. That's it. That's sure. Whatever. But now he's a starter. Either way. So, so in line, if there's a most improved award, if there's a Rich Gannon award, and they can hand him the statue <laughs> of Rich Gannon, and yeah. he collects it, and he goes on. So he's he's in line. Uh, you have uh, Kenneth Walker uh, Jr., who is a potential candidate for Rookie of the Year uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Tariq Wolin is an offensive, a defensive Rookie of the Year candidate. Um, you've got, like, all over the field. I don't know how you don't look at uh, Pete Carroll as a possible Coach of the Year candidate. So you have... On, in all phases, you have a team, to me, that is really interesting. Seahawks fan or not, I think that team is, is worth going and watching. So, for anybody listening, for you, Mr. Darkens, if you've got the time and you're already awake, at least put it on and watch sparingly as you're going back and forth in and out between uh, your yard work and you're watching after your child, and then watch it in the fourth quarter because, to me, that's going to be interesting because the one question that we don't have uh, we've seen we've seen uh, Geno Smith play well in the fourth quarter, and they've won some games. But that was the one thing that Russell Wilson had. And if there's any magic that you feel like you'll miss uh, losing that guy to Denver, it was Russell Wilson was clutch. And whatever whatever you think of him as a person, and I know that he's kind of a human boob, and he's not. <laughs> It's not a ton of fun to, to listen to yeah. groups. Uh, dude, that, that clip that you played in Good versus Evil, he's 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 terrible. But and and, and he's he's <laughs> overhyped machine and he holds on to the ball too long. Whatever it is, if you gave that guy the ball at the end of the game, he won you a lot of football games. So does Geno Smith have the the chutzpah to go toe to toe with Tom Brady at the end of a football game? Maybe we see it, maybe we don't. Yeah. But that, to me, have it on in the background. Yeah. It's going to be 9.45 okay. a.m. tomorrow. It will be the fourth quarter. At least put it on. All right. That's my, that's my plea to Probably y'all. won't. Hey. You've, you have made your case, sir. Do you need something else to watch this weekend? Oh. Because next, it's our segment we call What to Watch. That is next. This is The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is done? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. 
Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. Uh, uh, so, we were just talking about the Seahawks, and uh, I, I I don't need to beat a dead horse here, but there is uh, one thing I just pulled you up. beat that, that horse. It's very interesting. Well, I was trying to convince you to watch a game, and, and uh, I think there's plenty of reasons to watch Seahawks, uh, Buccaneers, uh, but I just pulled up the standings. Care to guess how many teams have a 500 or better record in the NFC right now? There's 16 teams. 500 or better? 500 or better in the conference. 16 teams in the NFC. Five? There are six. The Ooh, 49ers are 400, are 4-4. Four and four. They're 500. The Seahawks are leading that division at 6-3. and three. The NFC East has the 8-0 Philadelphia Eagles, the 6-2 Cowboys, the 6-2 Giants, and the Minnesota Vikings are 7-1. Those are your six teams with a 500 or better record. So you're telling me if Tom Brady gets into a tournament with those six teams, you don't trust him for at least two victories. Not anymore. No, I don't. I think the allure is over, quite honestly. If he plays against Kirk Cousins, Uh followed by Daniel Jones, you're not putting any... No, I mean, I'll barely... Dude, uh, he's not the same. He's just not. And I know we've had. I totally the, agree. I know totally we've seen agree. the comebacks and all that crap. But quite honestly, this is different, man. He just doesn't look. Good. Well, that team doesn't look good, dude. Eight, yeah. dro- eight drops last week, and yeah. I think two of them were in the end zone. Yeah. So it doesn't really help that that team is not very good around. Well, and two, I think he is probably getting enabled by Todd Bowles because oh, sure. I think what was so good about. Um, Oh, crap. Why am I blanking on his name? The last coach. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. Thank you. What was so good about Arians was the fact that, and you know, it was reported in the offseason, the fact that he uh, was a bit combative with Tom Brady at times. With yeah. the, uh, You know, that was kind of the whole rumor that he got moved to his, uh, you know, hey, you're going to retire soon front office job yeah. because Brady said, I don't want to work with this guy anymore. And they put Todd Bowles in, who is defensively minded more than anything else. And so he probably relents a little bit and says, okay, I'm going to let Byron Leftwich handle some of this stuff. And then Byron and Tom can talk about it. But Arians, for the most part, probably butted heads with Brady. And it worked. And you know something? When Brady played his best at New England was when Belichick was pulling the reins back on him and saying, dude, I know you're the best quarterback of all time, but we got to run the friggin' ball because everybody knows you're throwing. So I think that What's happened is that, one, he's kind of losing some discipline, and two, he's just old, and it's it's showing. Yes, but he's not. It's he's just but, showing. But he's not as old as Peyton Manning looked at the end. He's not as old as Cam no. Newton looked at the end. He's not as old. The like, end. Yeah, Cam Newton's going to start no, again Cam. in this league. <laughs> okay. AJ. Don't you know that? Okay. AJ. He is going to start yeah, again. All right. Uh, what to watch? <laughs> It's a big, big, big game in Otson today. You've got the Huskies trapped down I-5. What are you watching for in this game that says to you the Huskies get the upset? Ooh, that they get the upset? Points, baby, points. If they can score more points. I mean, (laughs) 
quite really? honestly, well, that's pretty good analysis. Well, but look, we're gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna harp back on the uh, fun the fun knowledge that we have of this game. These are two horrible pass defenses. They're awful. Okay. Statistically, they're awful. Statistic. Uh, though I do appreciate your theory that Oregon just gets up so quick, and then though I can blow your theory out of the water because they used to do this with Chip Kelly, and their defense was still good. They would blow teams out, and they still had a good pass defense. Yeah, yeah. I By every metric, sure. This is not a good pass defense. Same thing on the other side. So this really might be a can you score more points than the other team kind of game, and uh, I'm going to mark that over under again 72 and yeah. a half you can expect that over my well and my and my point isn't necessarily that this is a good pass defense but i feel like the numbers are inflated just like the numbers being inflated for washington mm. when all you do is throw can they run the ball at all if oregon gears up to stop the pass is there anything else if washington's going to win this game in my opinion mm. they are going to need something other than just michael Penix jr and he can go out and have a Heisman caliber performance and be great across the board. But if you don't get help from your defense, special teams, or your run game, I don't think they have a chance. And the reason I like Oregon in this game so much is Oregon has all three phases. Mm-hmm. That's my vote. They have a balanced offense. Just in Bo Nix, they have a balanced offense. That guy has thrown for 26, caught uh, a touchdown pass, and run for 13. So they have more balance in one dude than Washington has entirely. Well, while I respect you, I don't respect your opinion. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I don't respect you. I also don't respect your opinion. Uh, all right, next is the Oregon Ducks Coaches Show at noon. You've got uh, Dusty Dirt and Anthony Newman down in Eugene. Do not go anywhere. We'll get you ready for football right here on The Fan. Have a wonderful Saturday, everybody. We're done for now. Bye-bye. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain. KD, UT's butt. Where LeBron at? KD, LeBron, he gonna yam on you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.